amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You are listening to Something to Graze On podcast. Across the fence or across the nation, all ag talk with B.J. Norrid, brought to you by NationalAgCo.com, your new agriculture marketplace to list your own classified. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. And we're back today again with another board candidate for the American Dorper Sheep Breeder Society board position and today we have miss kathy diaz concefid on the line how are you today ma'am fine thank you bj for having me on this podcast tonight you bet i really get to enjoy doing these and getting the inside of all these great candidates and see what they can bring to the table to the uh dorper board and uh you know it gives us opportunity as members to sit back and get to know you one-on-one -on -one a little bit in a sense and uh it's real handy anybody can listen in at any time and uh it's just a great way to get your uh time out there and saves a lot of phone calls and people can really reach out and get to know you and if they have some direct questions at the end they can contact you with your information and uh you know thank y'all for coming on here and doing this with me I totally agree. Thank you. Well, uh, we like to start from the ground up and just kind of tell us where you grew up and how you got into the Dorper industry, if you would, please. Sure. Uh, well, I was born and raised in California. Uh, my family is horse training and ranching uh, life for many, many generations. So uh, being in the country, I grew up in 4-H and FFA. Most of my fair projects were sheep. Um, after high school, I went off to college and started my career at UC Davis and basically spent pretty much the next 36 years there um, until my retirement in 2021, where I retired as the chief administrative officer in the Department of Pathology and Laboratory Medicine at UC Davis Health. And about 10 years ago, um, my husband and son and I, we moved back to the country uh, where we discovered Dorpers. And um, so I, I'm, I can stop there or I can continue on why, why we got involved in Dorpers. Well, uh, go ahead and tell us the name of your farm. Sure. Uh, we are DK Dorpers and we're in Galt, California. Okay. Well, go ahead and tell us why you really jumped out there and you liked the Dorper sheep. Well, when we moved out to the country, we wanted to raise something that was beautiful, low maintenance, productive, and had superior taste. And quite frankly, Dorpers check all those boxes. So we started raising Dorpers in 2013, 
And in 2016, we began importing semen and embryos from Del Dorpers in Australia. Uh, the combination of heavy culling and South African flock inspections really accelerated uh, the quality of our flock. And we maintain about 50 uh, full-blood dorpers now and um, going strong. Well, good deal. Well, we sure do like the dorper breeds here, too, and... Uh, you know, they're adaptable anywhere in the United States as long as you get them acclimated to the right uh, climate during the right time of year. You don't want to take them from Texas to Montana in, in the middle of the winter, but uh, they're, <laughs> they're very diverse, and, uh, you know, they check all the boxes for a lot of different things, and that's, that's one reason I love the Dorper sheep myself. Oh, I, I totally agree. And sometimes when I have buyers from Missouri or uh, someplace really cold, uh, I kind of pause and think, oh, no, are they going to survive over there coming from, you know, a hot area? Um, and they they just thrive no matter where you put them. Yes, ma'am. Well, we're going to jump on in here to some of our questions and uh, we'll see what we can't get accomplished. What are you most proud of in the Dorpers or professionally or personally? Uh, can you repeat that question? Yes, ma'am. Uh, what are you the most proud of with your Dorpers or personally? Uh, well, with the Dorpers, I'm, I'm very proud of the quality that we have now. Um, it, it, it's, take a, it's taken a lot of resources, planning, and basically a lot of, a lot of planning to get to where we're at. And it's, it's a big, big step to start importing embryos and semen, and it's very painful when you have to cull um, something that you invested so much money into. But um, I've learned a lot from the um, South African flock inspections, and I really uh, utilize them every time they're in the United States, which is almost annually now. And, and it's paid off because the quality of my flock is, it just gets better and better every year. And I'm very, very proud of that. So Looking at looking at my flock now compared to what it looked like ten years ago is completely different. Yes, ma'am, and and you know that's the whole deal. You got to sit back and get a game plan and uh, just really enjoy the fruits of your labor as you get to those turning points in your operation. Right. How would you assess your knowledge and of nonprofit financial and understanding of financial statements I would say above average um, at the university I maintained management positions for for many 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 years and during that time I created and read complex financial documents on a regular basis so I'm very comfortable in that world good deal uh, can you tell us some uh, boards that you've served on or currently serving on? Sure, sure. Um, I served on many professional boards nationally when I was at the university. Um, but the last 10 years, which is more relevant, I was serving on the um, Western States Dorper Association board and um, as a board member and as a president. And... Um, I cycled off of that finally um, in 2022, and the only board that I'm serving on now is I'm a board member of the California Rare Fruit Growers Association, the San Joaquin chapter. Very nice. Last year, the ADSBS developed a large range plan for the next seven years of those five interactive which of those do you feel are the most qualified to help the society reach and how 
Well, I, I feel that I'm qualified and interested in, in all of them. However, if I had to put them in order, um, I would put them, I would rank them marketing and communication first, education second, genetic improvement third, Dorper Lamb program um, fourth, and then the last one would be uh, youth programs. Yes, ma'am. And how important to the Dorper breed is the commercial producer do you think um they're very important um you know uh basically it's all about the meat ultimately you know i mean it it, it is a, a meat animal and the culinary aspects of the dorper meat the and the hide they're exceptional but they're not known to the consumer and once consumers taste the difference, they're hooked. Uh, I personally am a person who am not, I'm not fond of the lamb taste, but Dorper is different and I have no problem eating Dorper. And that's basically our primary meat that we consume now at our house. But, um, you know, the, the hides are exquisite. Um, we could create new markets with that. The meat is impeccable, and the U.S. imports way too much lamb meat. And they, they're just, it's, it's ironic because they are not aware of the golden goose that sits in our own backyard. And if, if we get the word out as an organization on um, the values of the Dorper meat and hide, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be after any other lamb meat. And so, you know, I, I think that this all, you know, we start a revolution of Dorper meat and we need the commercial Dorper breeders to produce that meat. So, you know, it's, it's a very important um, relationship. Yes, ma'am. And I will agree with you 100%. I'm not a big fan of lamb at all, but the Dorper is something that I enjoy eating at Dunkin' and uh, getting to try that different stuff every year. And uh, the tamales we had from Capra Dorpers last year was phenomenal, and that's really what got me uh, hooked on the stuff. And uh, as a producer, you know, we need to try to eat what we produce and promote it. And a lot of us, we kind of... We like what we raise, but yet we don't want it on our dinner table till we've had the right, the right layout of it and get to really enjoy it and taste the good flavor of it. And uh, I think that's one thing that will really help producers market their product is by being able to get that out to the consumer, whether it's your local markets or whatnot. And, you know, that really helps us sell those rams to the commercial producers showing them how many pounds we can put on those lambs and get them to market a lot quicker and put that money back in their pocket to grow oh, their absolutely. operation. Absolutely. And I hear that all the time from my customers on how, how pleased they are at the growth rate. So it's, it's, um, it's all relative. Yes, ma'am. And, <clears throat> Where do you see the American Dorper Sheep Breeder Society in the next 30 years? Oh, wow. The next 30 years, huh? Um, well, it, well, I see a lot of things. You know, I can see Dorpers and White Dorpers competing at fairs and national livestock events across the United States, um, you know, just flooding and dominating that market. Um, I can see gourmet Dorper meat in every grocery store, leather products available from crafty Americans everywhere, South African genetics imported into the U.S. on a regular basis, an ample pool of American judges who have demonstrated competency in sorting to the breed standard, and a registry database that provides useful information um, 
you know, ultrasound information, genetic information, typing information, um, and is flexible to print out these things um, on demand and, and so much more. So th- those are some things that just come to mind. Yes, ma'am. As a board member, how do you feel about conflict between other board members or a ADSBS member should be handled? Well, um, healthy conflict is good because in conflict you get different perspectives that you normally wouldn't have thought about, perhaps. And so, and with conflict, they're usually passionate about their their idea. So it's it's good. I think it's healthy to have opinions that are different from yours, and if it's conflicting. That's okay, too. But it's important to always remember what the ultimate goal is. The ultimate goal is to, is to create consensus and come to agreements and move forward with ideas that best benefit the association. So um, differences of opinion are good. Um, it helps the decision-making process. Um, but in that, it requires professionalism and collegiality as well. So it's... It's healthy. Yes, ma'am. What is a board member's responsibility in the oversight and interaction of the ADSBS employees? Oversight of the of the society's employees? Yes, ma'am. Um well, it, um there should be some sort of guidance on that in the bylaws or uh, in the association's structure on the oversight of the employees. But in general, I would think that it would be um, a team approach. Um, the employees and the board work closely together on on projects, and you know, one the left hand helps the right hand, and vice versa. Yes, ma'am. What is your personal objectives and goals to the ADSBS board and your expectations as a director? Well, um, first we have the the goals that the society has laid out, and those goals are very good. Um, however, those goals have not been fully realized. Um, my, if, if elected to the board, my, my first priority would be to understand those goals and figure out where I can best, you know, help (laughs) and provide assistance to get these things accomplished. So that would be, you know, step one is finding out where we are and where we're going and how I can assist in that process. And what was the second part of your question? Uh, and your expectations as a director? Um, My expectations are to be to to be collegial, to be heard, and to accomplish the goals and keep membership informed on the process as we move along. Um, on the goals that the society has set and and see how how we move forward on those if if some of these ancillary ideas that i have can fit into there that's great you know i'm um, obviously updating the the uh registry system is is important um i personally would like to see facilitating communication with the south african officials and the american officials so we can um, import embryos and semen um I'd like to see more um, uh, Dorper courses on the East and West Coast. Um, I'd like to see South Africans judge the national shows. Um, I would like to see the American judges become Dorper judges in a more formal process and create incentives to get people to step up and take on some of these roles um, and um, you know, many other things. Yes, ma'am. Is there a particular committee that you would have interest in serving on or being involved with? 
Um, yeah, personally, I like them all. Um, so wherever my help is needed, I'm willing to participate. How important is it to have separate financial duties? Are you talking as far as the board is concerned? Or are you talking about having an accountant for the association? Um, as far as uh, board members go. I'm assuming that there's already policy in place on on what's reimbursable and the process to submit expenses for reimbursements and the pre-approval process and things like that. If if it doesn't exist, it 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 probably should exist. Um, it's it's not reasonable for expenses to take place without prior approval. Um, so, um, but like I say, I would assume that that already exists. Um, and I'm not sure if that answers your question or not. Well, just a good oversight of what, where you come from on, on those things. The, yeah. Go ahead. The ADSBS hosts several national sales and under the, the regulations of Packers and Stockyard Division. Do you have any knowledge or experience in those regulations, agencies, and requirements? No, I am not familiar. I know they exist. I haven't read them. Um, but if this is something that the society is involved in, then I think it would be important for the board members to know those policies and regulations as as well as the accountants and lawyers and everybody else who's involved. Yes, ma'am. And, and that may be just kind of talking about, you know, the health papers, you need to have that. They need to be. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bruce yeah. tested and oh absolutely and, that. and, and that's kind of yeah. what i think that's talking about oh oh well I, yeah i'm the most politically incorrect person you'll ever meet so you know it's all good <laughs> i fly by the seat of my pants and just go with the flow and usually when i don't have it i just have my vet email it to me because i know i got it but i didn't get the right paper at the office so Right, right. Yeah, no, we've, we've put on many shows and sales. And so it's it's important for health certificates and everything, especially um, uh, coming into California. California is extremely strict. And so sometimes breeders don't take that um, the health certificates uh, too seriously, but um, because their states never check. But um, California always does, and so it's it's a stickler to make sure that you follow all the rules. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Texas tightened down a couple years ago, and Duncan is only 70 miles north of me. And, uh, you know, used to, they never had health papers. Uh, there's a cell barn that a lot of Texas guys go to in Warica, Oklahoma. And... Uh, had a friend that his brother bought some cattle there. I believe it was three head. Lived right down here at Decatur, which is just 20 miles south of me. And uh, his brother lived right there. He said, hey, will you run by the barn and pick them up and bring them when you come? And uh, the health department was sitting at the river, and they pulled him over, and it cost $500 a head because there wasn't no health papers and there's just cows that come out of the cell barn and, and they very likely could have been texas cattle and just coming right back across so uh, oh my god and there's a lot of people that run wheat pasture in terrell oklahoma but yet their ranches here in texas and uh you know it makes it more difficult and you know i get we need to have our regulations keep our livestock safe with the disease and this and that but you know we can't overdo it sometimes yeah 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 no there's it's um and 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 actually with the health certificates um 
some of them are, depending on what state you go into, before this health certificates were good for 30 days. Now, um, sometimes they're only good for seven days. Oh, wow. Imagine the American Dorper Sheep Breeder Society facing significant significant budget defects, how would you address and overcome these challenges? Well, a, a significant deficit. Um, I would in, conduct a forensic review of the budget and past and current practices, um, brainstorm with the board, um, if we have a society accountant with them to uh, propose financial cuts on non-essentials, seek input from membership. Um, if we obviously would need in that situation to generate revenue. So the best way to generate revenue is with a show and sale um, and, you know, rally the board and volunteers to run the program. And hopefully the sales commissions add up quickly and then develop a plan for future sustainability. Yes, ma'am. Why should someone join the ADSBS? I'd say for education, marketing, and networking on our breed. Yes, ma'am. And, and what other benefits do you think it helps being a member? Not sure what other benefits there are. You know, there, there's a there's a lot under the education category, and there's a lot under marketing and you know learning the breed standard and you know dorper courses the shows you know that type of thing and networking um <clears throat> you know there's a lot of activities that take place and so it's um it, it's all being part of that community yes ma'am and and for me uh the benefits you know of not necessarily being a member but going to the show and sales and doing your uh networking getting to meet these other breeders and getting their input and you take something away from their operation by sitting there and just talking and uh we all face the same challenges uh right wh whether we're in different parts of the country and there's other people that have different challenges than we do whether it be parasites or whatnot uh you know that is the biggest thing for me, which I will sit and talk to a doorknob so it doesn't bother me to sit there and talk to somebody for three or four hours. And, uh, you know, it's the, the friendships, and I have yet to meet a breeder anywhere that, you know, they, they treat you like family in just a short amount of time. And uh, I used to sell livestock equipment, so I've been around all types of people. And I have yet to meet another industry that is like that. Uh, you get in the show cattle world, some of those people are pretty uh, high-headed, so to speak. And uh, you just don't get the that demeanor in the Dorper industry that I have found. I agree. I found the same thing, and that's that's my feeling on it too. And I think that's another thing that makes the the Dorper world so endearing. It's 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 the beautiful quality of the animals, and it's the people. Yes, ma'am. What do you think will be the biggest impact that we can do to make the Dorper breed grow as a whole, whether it be uh, marketing or just to really make people think we need Dorper lamb on our table? I think a lot of marketing needs to be done. Um, and I think that if some professional videos were made and reside on the website, breeders can refer to it. They can, um, you know, share it. It can be on social media. Uh, it can get out there and people would get curious of what it is and be more apt to, to seek it out and try it. Um, once that's the thing, that's the nice thing about it is once they do, they love it, whether, whether it's for food or whether it's to, um, you know, get, get into raising, raising a new, um, 
type of livestock on their on their place. And a lot of people that I know who had other breeds of sheep have sold them all and started with Dorpers. And it's one, once they try it, they like it. And it's, it's all about getting that awareness out there. And there's not enough of that right now. And um, it helps new breeders who are thinking about coming into this field. And it helps consumers. It, it helps everybody. Yes, ma'am. We're going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back. The Something to Graze On podcast is brought to you by NationalAgCo.com. If you're looking to buy or sell in the ag industry, look no further. It's always free to browse, and for a limited time, you get a free one-year membership. Simply sign up and post a listing. No credit card required. User-friendly, simple to search, and you can manage your listing within your account with ease. Someone can click on your listing with your name, phone number, email, location, and price, and below that has all your other available listings. Put us in your corner and back American agriculture. From seeds to produce, bees to buffaloes, lawn care to farm equipment, across the fence or across the nation, we are here to serve you. Visit our website at nationalagco.com. That is nationalagco.com. And remember, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And we're here to make that connection. And we're back with Miss Kathy Diaz, one of the uh, board members, candidates, and we were talking about the uh, different things that we can do to help uh, get those Dorper sheep out there. And, and something that I think in my area that I've seen is we've got a lot of small ranchettes, 10-acre tracks and this and that, and the land's being divided and uh, cut into small little places, and that's the best thing about the Dorper sheep, I think. You can put a lot on one little place and sure enough come out good i only run 12 acres and i've got 30 head of ewes and i could run a few more if i wanted to but uh, you know being a full-time job and this and that uh, i think i'm gonna stick with where i'm at and i'm getting along pretty well in my operation and you know over the last few years i've said i wanted to uh sell off some of my purebred ewes and kind of focus the other way but i've yet to do it and you know i still get good quality of lambs hitting the ground so eventually that's where i want to go towards whenever i kind of get caught up and pull the trigger to do so do you have any other ideas on committees or special projects that the society needs to address within the next two to three years? Um, yeah, I, I do. I mentioned some already. And, and, you know, again, I just want to reiterate that the society's goals are excellent. And, you know, my priority would be to evaluate and understand those goals and determine where I, you know, best fit in. But other, other things that um, I mentioned before, um, some additional things would be enhance the membership engagement. Um, for example, coffee talks um, as a method to listen to membership ideas, um, provide annual updates on our strategic goals, uh, post surveys and their results, um, outreach to regional clubs, use the email blast more frequently to highlight hot topics or kudos to various breeders, um, seek new ideas, you know, just ways to stay connected with members and create a culture of inclusion. Um, and update to society's website. Uh, for example, revert back to the regional graphical map for the members, um, the member listing, um, add a suggestion box, uh, spotlight breeders, you know, the hot topics and things like that. 
Uh, one of the things that I found that's very helpful is Dorper Days or open barn events uh, at ranches. You talked you talked a little bit about um, you know regional issues that affect the Dorpers and having these regional events at ranches um, and sh- getting people together in that area to share best practices um, not only is extremely helpful to new breeders um but you know to to existing breeders as well you know just sharing the sharing of ideas networking engaging new breeders um it's it's all helpful um and uh so you know those are those are just some things that um you know i I would i would think about yes ma'am what challenges does the ADSBS or Dorper and white Dorper breeds face? Well, I would think uh, completing the strategic goals in a timely and cost-effective manner would be a challenge. Um, you know, if the goals are realized, significant improvement would have a multi-prong trickle-down effect of goodness for the breed, the breeder, and the consumer. So I would think that get those goals um, attained and a lot of good would come out. Share an example of where you successfully resolved the conflict within a team or a organization. How did you manage the different viewpoints and ensure the positive outcome for everyone involved? Well... You know, I try to stay very focused on the goal and create a culture of inclusion that values different opinions, promotes transparency, and is um, a consensus-driven process for decision-making. You know, people tend to complain less if they're part of the solution. So that usually helps with conflict resolution. In your view, what is the most critical ethical consideration of the ADSBS board members, particularly when it comes to financial matters and business relationship? Hmm. Well, um, I'm, I'm assuming professional rules and conduct, code of conduct is in place already, but there's, you know, any issues relating to those types of things, there's typically um, policy to, to reference that. If not, there should be. But the, in- the intent is to follow the rules. And if you can't follow the rules, get off the board. Um, board members should provide a high level, uh, I mean, a, a, a very high level of stewardship to the society and customer service to the members and collegiality with each other. And, of course, passion for the breed. If they don't have that, they shouldn't be on the board. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, you're never going to be able to please everybody, but if we all strive to a great goal for the organization, we will succeed and grow this operation or this organization as time goes on. And, and right now, I think we're at the point where, you know, Miss Caitlin, they redid the bylaws and kind of got us up to date where uh, since we've grown since it started in 1995 and uh, has really helped build the foundation. And now we or restructure the foundation, I should say, and given the opportunity of where we are today and help help the end goal succeed for all the members and the sheep breed as a whole. Absolutely. I, I, I fully agree. In the last few years, there have been many individuals that have been able to pass the South African judges course. What is your solution to the issue of not enough judges in the U S Well, I would, I, we, I believe that we need to maximize the use of the South African experts when they're in the United States. Uh, if we plan 
their visits correctly, we can have more DORPA courses in the east-west areas. We can have flock inspections, which are full of education. And we can also have regional clubs take advantage of having the South Africans judge, judge their events as well, which also provides tremendous educational opportunities. And this level of involvement, not only does it create cost-sharing opportunities, but it creates ongoing learning for breeders and potential judges. And, I, and it also shows the society's commitment to the breed standards. And if they actively support Americans who, because we have a lot of very talented American livestock judges and, and uh, sheep-specific judges, but there has to be some sort of incentive for them to want to go the extra mile to learn the breed standard and to take time away from their job or, you know, their ranch, their family to, to learn these things. So I think if we make the process not easier, but more formal by not only have them pass the, the, the DORPA course, but also um, do at least three walk with the inspectors when they're here, then they would have a label such as, you know, an American certified Dorper judge. And these things could come with incentives. For example, the society could incentivize clubs to use these newly minted certified judges. And so they would get the business because of their, you know, because they have demonstrated their capabilities. And so they would get more business that way the clubs would have an incentive to use these judges and the judges you know they they might have other incentives from the um, society for example that if they're going to do three or four walk with the inspectors you know they should have their travel you know covered by the association so it's not a financial impact on them so we have to invest i guess is what my point is we have to invest in high standards. We have to invest in our people and our breed um, and in, to encourage them to, to pursue these processes. And I think if there's a, a pathway that's more defined, more people would be interested in doing it. Yes, ma'am. What do you think adding a hundred more shows to the Dorper breed do? A hundred more shows than what we have now? Yes, ma'am. Um, well, I think a hundred more shows is uh, sounds excessive. But if if in this scenario there were a hundred more venues, that would mean that there's more groups of people who are very passionate about the breed to make all of this happen. So ultimately, this would be evidence of quite an interesting story. Yes, ma'am. How would you fund those shows? Funding the shows um, through uh, entry fees, through, um, um, you know, the animal per head, the commission on the entries, um, the sales, the commission on sales. Um, so th that that mechanism, they're, they're, the shows and sales, the shows are expensive but the sales can be pr profitable if they're you know managed right yes ma'am there are many avenues for the dorpers can achieve success what do you think are the most economic importance of the dorper breed um you know i i i think i i'm i touched on that earlier which would be um the, the culinary aspects of it, um, basically the hides, they're not even being utilized at all today in the United States, whereas, where in other countries they are. Um, so that's com a complete untapped market. Um, but back to the meat, uh, there, there, is, there is a huge culinary market for, for the meat. 
It's just a matter of getting consumers aware that the Dorper meat exists and it is different and better. Yes, ma'am. And uh, how many different types of Dorper sheep are, are there in your, in your mind? What do you mean, the, the, the Dorper and the White Dorper? So, so I get this is one of my questions, and, and I will answer it here in just a minute. But to me, uh, you know, we have the South African sheep. We have the market sheep. We have what I call the breed sheep that is not the extreme of either one. Uh, you know, basically the different styles, I guess what you could say, because you and I both know that not everybody likes the same type of sheep and they want to kind of raise this kind and that kind, but yet still have a great sheep at the end product. Sure, sure. Okay, I understand your question, I think. So, um, so I am somebody who believes very strongly in the breed standard, and I follow the breed standard, and I call to the breed standard. So the breed standard is very important to me. And so, in my mind, a dorper and a white dorper follows the breed standard. So if you deviate from the breed standard, and you mix it with something else, or you want it to look some other way, um, and, and I've seen a lot of people mix it with other things. And it, it creates one of, I mean, the Dorper can be put on just about anything and, you, and it makes it better. Um, that's fine. They can do whatever they want. And that, that's wonderful. But don't call it a Dorper because it's no longer a Dorper. It's, it's, it's a mixed breed. Um, or it's a hair breed or it's, a, it's something. It, but it's not a Dorper in my mind. Um, if you're talking about the Club Lamb Dorper, um, uh, some of those... Uh, club lambs uh, don't meet the breed standard, and and some of them have actual coal faults, not discriminations, but coal faults. Um, so it's it's really hard to, you know, call them dorpers when they when they when they stray so far from the breed standard. Um, I would prefer if they call them, you know, market market sheep, um, and. There's a place for that. Um, you know, Dorpers can breed into just about anything, and uh, and they do it well. And that that's what makes them, you know, such a versatile animal. And but um, to me, you know, I think of the Dorper in terms of the breed standard. Um, there's lots of different flavors of Dorpers, as you mentioned, um, but. You know, I, I consider them either market sheep or, or you know, crossbreds or mixed breed or whatever you want to call them. But, um, um, and that's fine. I mean, people do a lot of different things, and that's absolutely fine. Um, I'm, I'm not against that. It's just your your question to me is, what do I think of the you know dorper? Um, and, uh, um, but I think does that answer your question? Yes, and. and- and by that, you know, some of those, like, for instance, I raise uh, registered Dorpers, and, and I'm not in the market deal for the kids uh, just because of the, you know, to do that, you do need, a lot of times you do need to outcross, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you get into that niche market, you better have your A game on and you better be willing to jump out there and spend hours and hours at the show barn, whether it be the Houston Livestock Show or what, whatnot, and really jump out there and help those kids. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that and condones to all the people that do that and do a phenomenal job. And, and I think that right there helps get the youth involved and fall in love with the, the sheep and in turn – later on in life that they will always remember well i had that one and it was a dorper and yet it's a different style it's a different flavor as you said and Mm -hmm. uh, i think every avenue that the diversity of the breed and and you you know like you said you can put a dorper on anything and it makes it better and uh you know there's some sheep that you just 
fall in love with when you see it and there's some that just don't quite tickle your fancy and uh you know that's kind of like you know so and so likes a polo and uh so and so likes a long sleeve you know it's it's whatever tickles your fancy and it uh, as long as we all agree that they're great sheep uh for their diversity i mean that's the biggest thing for me that i really like and uh you know, somebody needs something for their operation. Well, there's somebody out there that's going to raise it because that's the kind of sheep that they like to go look at every day, and that's what tickles their fancy. And with the cost of feed today, you have to do what you like. Otherwise, why do it? Yes, ma'am. And, you know, uh, my feed salesman really likes me, and uh, I do feed a lot, and that's kind of just my deal because – do i need to no but it makes me feel better and uh it gives me excuse to really go out there and look at them every day and make sure that they are what i want them to be because it's accountability i gotta go feed if if i say oh they're out there in the pasture they got plenty to eat i'm not gonna go lay my eyes on them and uh you know and in the commercial world those sheep are in my opinion they're a lot hardier and they're not babied as much and because i have a small place i do baby mine and uh there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with kicking them out there because they're going to lay down and have that lamb put that money back in your operation and that's that's why we do it because it sure ain't for the relaxation figure because let's be honest there's not a whole lot of relaxing in in the ag industry i don't care what part of it is maybe uh if you have a grape vineyard and at the end of your time and you sit down have a glass of wine you can really uh enjoy the fruits of your labor then but uh, there's lots of heartaches and hardships that come along with it, but we love every minute of it, and we wouldn't change it for the world. That's very true. Yes, ma'am. And what are the many avenues of the Dorper achieve success, and what do you think are the most? We just did that. The junior program has a lot of opportunities for growth. What is the your thoughts on where the program should be focused? Hmm. Well, I don't have any kids involved in um, in 4-H or FFA right now, but um, I think that the youth programs should go beyond the show ring. Um, with um, other other projects, for example, um, you know, mentorships, uh, internships, um, you know, scholarships on on you know com- a competitive scholarship process, or even a, a competitive grant process for specific individual projects. Um, you know, kind of incentivize the youth to you know kind of think bigger and and broader, kind of uh, similar to what FFA does with their. Um, supervised ag experience programs yes ma'am and you know the youth is our future and uh anytime we get them in a barn that's going to help our uh future as american agriculture and get them involved and uh learn responsibility and you know we've talked before about uh those kids in the show barn i mean they're always polite, always willing to help, and I think American agriculture has a big impact on that and uh, gets them off, off their iPhones and gets their hands dirty and learn what it, a hard day's work is. Absolutely, and um, and quite frankly, some, sometimes, uh, you know, when new people buy uh, sheep, it, it brings the family together. Kids who would normally be out, you know, doing something else or helping their 
parents in the barn and you know, helping to deliver their first baby or, um, you know, involved in, in, in the process. It's, it's always, um, it's kind of hard to uh, not get sucked in when you, when you see a baby being born or you hold a little baby for the first time, you know, it just melts your heart and, and, um, and, you know, lambs are so much fun. So it's, um, it, it really can, sheep can really bring a family together. And, and like you say, uh, kids learn a lot of valuable life lessons in the barn. Yes, ma'am. And, and you kind of made me chuckle a little bit because, uh, this past spring we had a young lady that was around and, uh, we all went to the barn to feed and one, uh, one was lambing right there when we got there and, She'd never seen that, and Cooper, my son's nine, and he goes on, I'm feeding and taking care of stuff over here and kind of letting her do her thing, and uh, mm-hmm. she, she needs a little bit of assistance. And uh, as I'm going over there, Cooper says, well, we uh, dock tails, and we give them a shot, and we do this and this and this. And I, I just finally looked at him. I said, who's we? <laughs> i said most of the time you're not even around he just kind of chuckles and uh i said but i am very impressed that you know what the whole scenario of what we do and you know farm kids don't have to worry about not understanding what uh mother nature you know they know know it takes a ram and a ewe to get that lamb on the ground there's no uh confusion there in today's world and uh that's the biggest blessing i think of having a kid involved in agriculture and there's no confusion and diversity there and uh you know we count our blessings because we never know what tomorrow holds that's true well we're fixing to wrap it up here uh can you think of anything else you want to add to it no, we covered a lot, um, and I appreciate your time and, and, and questions. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and we really enjoyed it, and we hope that uh, this gives our all of our members an opportunity to get to know you and uh, kind of feel like we get some one-on-one time in a way. And uh, if you would give us your contact information, that way somebody can reach out and get a hold of you if they want to absolutely yeah i'd be happy to respond to anyone's questions my email is dkdorpers at gmail.com and my phone number is 916-956-2657 well thank you for taking the time out of your day and i know you got a lot of stuff to get back to and i want to thank the listeners for listening in and I really want to thank the association for letting me do this for you and uh, be sure to reach out to me if you want to, 940-366-5688 or nationalagco, A-G-C-O at gmail.com. And uh, y'all don't forget to pray for rain. Be sure to like and share our podcast and get the word out. It really does help our ratings. We're in over 30 countries now and have over 4,600 downloads, and it really is a true blessing. Y'all pray for rain. Don't forget, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to Something to Graze On podcast, brought to you by NationalAgCo.com. It's not what you know, it's who you know, and we are here to make that connection. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.